0: Münster Eiffel. That would be their Spartan headquarters for the next twenty three days in a forest clearing that many of them would recall with pleasure because of the many trees and the endless variety of birds chirping and twittering. Its code name was Felsennest, the Rock Erie. The chef, that was how his staff referred to Hitler, was fresh, determined, nervous. His appearance at that hour was quite unusual for him. His habit was to stay up late. Customarily, he would not rise and make his toilet until after eleven. He made a gesture to his staff, who quickly gathered around him, eager to hear what the Fuhrer was about to say. "'Gentlemen,' he said, "'the offensive against the Western powers has begun.' Immediately they could hear from the distance the damp thudding of artillery. Forest, song, and gunfire. In that great German dawn hour it was bliss to be alive.' The greatest adventure in Adolf Hitler's career had now started. It would gather speed at a rate unimagined by anyone, including himself. In less than 40 days he would be the master of Europe, perhaps of most of the world. His new German flag would fly from the North Cape to the Pyrenees. His armies would conquer Western Europe at a cost of men and equipment that was less than what the German Imperial Army had spent at a comparable time for the sake of a few miles across the trenches in World War I. Much of this would be the result of military decisions that he, Hitler, had made. Twenty years before, after he had decided to become a politician, people dismissed him. How could this untutored outsider be the leader of a German political party of importance? He fooled them, He proved that he was a master at German national politics. He won. He became the German chancellor, and people again underestimated him. What could this demagogue, with his provincial mind, know about diplomacy and Europe? He fooled them. He proved to be a formidable statesman. In six years he made Germany greater than Bismarck had ever done, and he achieved all of that without war. People now said, a war? What kind of a war? with a Germany bereft of the kind of navy, colonies, materials, and the assets that imperial Germany had had in 1914? He fooled them again. In May 1940, the strategy of the Western European campaign had been selected by Hitler, the plan to strike through the Ardennes, to fool the Allies, to make straight for the English Channel. It was a plan of genius. Napoleon once said that in war, as in prostitution, amateurs are often better than professionals. Hitler may have been an amateur at generalship, but he possessed the great professional talent applicable to all human affairs, an understanding of human nature and the understanding of the weaknesses of his opponents. That was enough to carry him very far. Very far. He would sweep away the French and force the British out of Europe. Then he would lay down his terms of peace to the British that they would have to accept. He was almost sure of these matters on that sunlit, bird twittering day of the tenth of May. Almost, but not quite. He was nervous, too, anxious whether the plans for the main army group would work, anxious about the weather, aware that the decisive news about his plan, Zickelschnitt, the sickle cut slice leftward across northernmost France, trapping the French and British armies in Belgium, would not be at hand for a few days yet. However, all seemed to go well that day. When the late May evening fell, he and his staff already felt at home, unpacked and ensconced in the rock erie. He had a short meeting in the small map room before retiring unusually early, but then he had been up unusually early. Before that he read, among the various news dispatches from the outside world, brought and arranged for him by Walter Havel, his Foreign Minister Joachim von Ribbentrop's liaison man in his headquarters— that across the channel Winston Churchill had become the Prime Minister of England. That happened sometime in the early evening. We do not have any record of Hitler's words reacting to the news. He knew that a political crisis had been churning in London for some days. We can be reasonably sure that Hitler was not surprised. He had once before remarked that one day Chamberlain might be gone and the British then would give Churchill a try. A try, but not much more. He knew that Churchill was one of the bitterest, perhaps the bitterest, of his enemies. For this, but also for other reasons, Hitler despised him. He was wrong to do so. It is dangerous for a man to underestimate a determined opponent. In any event, we do not know what Hitler thought of the news from London when he retired for the night on the 10th of May. It seems that he did not yet wholly comprehend how, beneath and beyond the great war of...